Hey, it's Anthony Trucks, writer and author of the Identity Shift book, which is Upgrade You Operate to Elevate Your Life. And I'm here with John Hewlin on the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So happy you decided to join me today. And as you heard in the intro, I have with me again... Anthony Trucks. That's right, folks. If you remember, Anthony was my very first guest. And so I'm thrilled that he's able to spend some time with us today. Anthony, how are you? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Oh, man, I am fantastic and I am doing much better than I deserve. I like it, man. If I was doing any better, I'd be you. <laughs> I dig it. Okay, I'm going to steal that. So <laughs> hey, tell yours. Rock and roll. All right. Well, listen, folks, as Anthony mentioned to you, he is the author of a brand new book. Actually, it's been out for a month. about a month, yeah. something like that. And it's called Identity Shift. Now help me with the, uh, with the subtitle. Upgrade how you operate to elevate your life. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. Mm. That's so good. Now, for those of you who didn't hear my very first interview, first of all, you need to stop right now, go back and listen to that. That'll help. But for those of you who are Maybe in the car, on the treadmill, you can't do that right now. That's fine. So listen to this one, go back and listen to that one. But to reintroduce you to Anthony, he is an international speaker. He is a coach. He is the host of two now podcasts, Awe Shift and Shift Starter. Yep. He is a former NFL player. He is an American ninja warrior. And oh, by the way, he also happens to be husband and dad. Yes. You'd be correct, man. All those, all those good things in life are, are there descriptions of, I guess, parts of my identity for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit, Anthony, about your background again, just very briefly, just to kind of give folks an idea of how you ended up on this trek toward identity and trying to figure out why shifting your identity is so important. Yeah. Well, I was given away as a kid and dealt with a whole lot of different stuff that had to do with uh, like being a foster kid and growing up in a place where I was unsettled, which is what we talk about in the first podcast, right? So that's a good place for people to start, but it really, it turns in this thing where identity was always a conversation. I didn't have an, uh, a, a true, I guess a true leg up in. I didn't know who I was or where I fit or how to explain things. And then I felt like I didn't matter a lot. And, and that progressed into a teenage year, like a window of teenage years where I, I kind of for the first time created myself, right? I shifted the identity through actions and built into being a great football player, which progressed into a college scholarship and NFL and all that fun stuff. And then afterwards, after the NFL lost it all to massive crises and then found that throughout my life, I had somehow navigated like 30 plus different identity shifts that would have typically any one of them like, or has been proven to knock people off track. Like there are things people experience, they never figure out how to get past and they get stuck in those places. But for some reason, I found a way to get through a lot of them. And when you get, when you get through them and you learn some things from them, you start to find there are some golden threads. And those threads are ones that I could actually extract and weave back in other people's lives through concept and process. So they became a strength of mine that I didn't know I had until I knew I had it. And then I realized, oh, I can teach it. And so now I teach it. Oh, yeah. 
And folks, if you've never heard Anthony, I mean, just honestly, go on YouTube. He's all over the place. Besides the fact that he has his own channel on YouTube, I'm talking about just the other engagements, especially his speaking engagements. You can get a yeah. really good flavor of what Anthony's all about. It doesn't take long. And as you can tell by his voice, man, I could listen to you all day long. It's, it's weird. I've been hearing that lately. I don't know where it came from, but I'm cool. I mean, I guess. Well, you, you know what that means, of course. If no one has approached you about that, that means voiceover work is in your future. Yeah, I hear that too. I don't know if I'm going to do that though, man. I don't know if it's going to be the thing that I actually lean into, if I'm being honest. Because it, it sounds good. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I have no idea. But it's kind of interesting where I do end up getting this like multiple people. I did a Good Morning America for the book. People like the was like, I could listen to him talk all day long. And I'm like, I don't know where that all came from. It must have been just this year. Yeah. Like last year that the voice just settled in, but maybe I do some voiceover like, Hey, this is Anthony go buy some Cheez-Its. <laughs> well, I dig it, man. And in fact, that's actually something that I do as well. To, How I, do you? I do. I had several people start to encourage me to do that. And I started. How do you, it. Okay. So then how do you do that? How does that, do you just go and like somebody like is the agent for voice acting? What, how does that work? No, it, when it comes to voiceover work, a lot of it is, first of all, word of mouth is huge in that field. Okay has a so, lot to do with it, but it's kind of like when you put out your speaker reel, yeah, you'll do the same thing with voiceover. Now, if you haven't done any, what that means is you end up finding a product or a service that you like, or if there's like, you want to say my voice is available to do narration for books. You can pick a book you like and just like read mm -hmm. it, a page from that book and have that be part of your reel. Gotcha. Yeah. We is can it talk about well? about this. Is it, I'm sure, yeah, we'll do it. Does it pay well? I'm curious. Actually, it can pay very well. Interesting. All right. Good to know. Oh, yeah. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. If I'm going to allocate time away from my family and, and doing the identity stuff I work, it has to be worthwhile. Oh, for sure. In fact, let me go ahead and put a plug in here for somebody that I know in that field. Uh, her name is Jody Krangle. She has a podcast called Audio Branding. Ooh. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had her on my show before. Jody is amazing. But right. uh, she's been doing voiceover work for several years. She's worked for several companies I know you've heard of. I mean, they're big name companies she's done work for. So, mm. yeah, it can be done, man. And even local stuff, you'd be surprised at how well they can pay. Yeah, that's good to know. All right. Well, sure. let's continue on. I know about <laughs> Now, for those of you who are watching or listening, that was just kind of a private conversation between me and Anthony. You just happened to be listening in. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. enjoy that. All right. Well, let's dig into the book, Anthony. Um, so I have to ask the most two obvious questions, of course, why write the book and who is it for? Oh man, I wrote the book uh, on an accident and a whim. No, <laughs> no. So I wrote the book because I was, I was sex privately. I had a section of notes where I was going in and I was taking down thoughts that I was saying, if I was to teach somebody this, this whole process of identity, just in the conversation, well, what would be the things I got to make sure conceptually they grab. Right. Mm. So I, I made a list of those things. I started making a, like a long list. I was like, what are my life stories that I think would be possible stories I could weave into being a conversation around identity? And I also said, like, what are some proof points? Where's some possible data or things that I can show that really anchor this down? And so that's what I did, man. I started going in and just uh, doing that all. And then I had a conversation with somebody who was like, man, you ever thought about writing a book on this? I'm like, I haven't thought about it, but I've been kind of doing some things. And so he goes, I got this publisher. So maybe you talked to the publisher. I was like, all right. So I got on the phone with the publisher and showed him what I was working with. Say what you're working with. But uh, <laughs> no, I showed him, I was, he was like, hey, he's like, this actually is more progression than most authors we have signed. He's wow. like, the most people aren't this far ahead. I was like, oh, well, can I write it? He goes, yeah, let's write it. So you got, got all locked up and linked up together. And we, um, yeah, we wrote the book. And it's interesting is 
I wrote the book in like like a month, mm. like maybe thirty to sixty days. It wasn't. I'm really. I don't know if I'm gifted at sitting down and, and allocating my my mental energy in a one direction at periods of time. I'm really good at block time, mm. not because I've organized the block time, which I have, but it's mostly because I'm really good at focusing in that block. I think most people struggle because when they do sit down to do block time, they're not like they're just they're all over the place in their mind, their brain can't focus, and then just they're scatterbrained. But for me, it's like if I got to get this done, I'm gonna get it done, and I will sit there and do it. So I would just sit down and knock out a chapter. And that was it. So that was the way I wrote the book, how it came to be. Who I wrote the book for is absolutely anybody who has a higher level in them. Mm. Like if, if I got a higher level and you'll know it's, you have a higher level when your body calls, your mind and calls and goes, I want that. I don't have it, but I want that. And when you're, when your body and your brain goes, I want that. And you don't have it like that, that's telling you there's something's a higher level in you. And so when you have that desire the question typically is, well, how do I get there? And, and people will find a bunch of different ways to get there. A lot of people will go and hire coaches and join programs, which are great. Don't get me wrong. They'll consume information. But I came to find that the the only real, I guess, a pathway to having success, it's not what you know, but it's who you are with what you know. Mm. The way that you show up and, and put the effort in and put the work in. And it's not mindset. I think mindset's a thing that we lean on, but that's it's like borderline willpower, man. It's got to be something that's who you are. Because when it's who you are, where it's hard for you to do it, it's hard for somebody not to do that thing. Mm. When it's And when it feels like that, when it's hard not to do it, it gets done. And you don't get drained. And it has way more possibility for success. And most of the time, you are vastly more successful. Wow. Oh, my God. There's so much we could cover just on what you said there alone. Um, gosh. So... Let's think about the person for just a minute who is trying to, based on what you just said, is trying to figure out, okay, am I that type of person? Maybe they've never experienced anything like that. Maybe they've never thought anything beyond where they are. Their station in life is even possible. Mm -hmm. um, could what you wrote in there be for that person, even if it's something they've never considered? Yeah. I mean, most of the things that we have as awareness in our life that, you know, that are there, it's things we know, but there's a lot we don't know we don't know. I mean, there's a lot to understatement. There's an infinite amount that we don't know we don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the precursor to having that sense of like, there's another level in me is awareness of the fact that there is another level, right? Or what the level could look like. And that turns into for us passion, right? This passion is drive to go achieve this thing. And, and I heard recently somebody say something that made a ton of sense. And I love how the world works like this for me because I get to go and meet people and hear things. And the way they framed it was passion is preceded by curiosity. Hmm. Like I, if I go out and I'm curious and I see something, eventually I uncover someone go, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. And then it's like, ooh, I like this. And then it goes deeper and it goes deeper. Next thing you know, you're in this, this bubble of all this really cool information and cool stuff. So I think for me, like that's where it starts with curiosity, which creates awareness. The awareness creates that desire for more than you can progress up. Okay. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So within the book, you, I mean, first of all, there's a ton of stuff in there. It's a little bit in there. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little so bit in there. Yeah. You talk about, this is, this is my phrasing, but three sequential steps. Yes. That are necessary to get uh, unstuck essentially and kind of headed in the right direction. Uh, can you tell us about those a little bit? I mean, tell us what they are and just how they, how one leads to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's called the shift method and, and the way it's designed is, is actually to navigate this. So we, we've obviously skipped a lot of, we'll call it 
the the background of my life because it's all another podcast. So it's a great place. People got to go grab. Absolutely. But what I will, I will say is that the process is designed in a way for you to really understand how to make the shift with a proactive uh, approach, not just lucking into it. Because all of us who've had any kind of success have already done this. If you have in any way achieved some kind of goal, you've made a shift because in order to do so, like if you want to achieve something, you got to transform. Mm. You can't be the same person and get the new thing. It's just, it's, it's very difficult. And if you do get it, it's short-lived. So the identity has to match the dream, but the dream doesn't get realized. You gotta be the person for it. And so what I looked at is, well, how do we do that with intentionality, with uh, a little bit more of like a predictability? So what I did is I was like, all right, let me go take a look at my life. What's that golden thread I'd mentioned? And I dug in. And the more I dug in, the more I uncovered like, oh, there's this really simple process of what I was doing at the time. And so without, without all the exercise, because there's a lot of things we do exercise wise, I call this a skill set because I think the skill set I'm about to talk to you about that you apply, this is the most important thing. I call it visioneering. Hmm. It's, not like, it's not like Disney, but it's this thing of <laughs> at the end of the day, a lot of people have a dream, but they do not have a vision. Like they know the city, but they don't know the address. Hmm. Uh-huh. Right? I know it's space. I want to go over here. I want to be happy. But they definitely crafted a really crystal clear vision. So it's hard to really chart the path there. And then... Uh, on top of not having that, most people have no idea how to actually engineer a process to get there or engineer themselves to become the person to get there. So the skill set of visioneering is engineering the vision for both the destination, we'll call it the address and the path to get there. And when you have all this to get like it moves smooth and the goal is to get you into the zone. That is that destination that I think we're all trying to get to is like this aspect or version of ourselves that feels like we're just in the zone all the time. Now, I feel like a golfer, they talk about golfers, they'll say like, you can really get to the zone like 1% of the time, but you can float around the zone pretty often. You can be in that bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I find is if I can get to the zone, like everything moves smooth. I, I, I make the calls, I do the ass, I have the conversations. My identity is flowing so smoothly in the zone that things just happen to just happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so I realized there's a lot of reasons we're not in that space. And I think you need two things. You need people, you need process. So people without process is a lot of hip, hip, hooray and hurrah, but there's no really like, what do I do? I, I, you, I got your support. Great. Now what? I don't know. So you need a process, right? So you need that. If you have process with no people, you lack support or other perspectives, right? And if I have no support, I feel like I'm just doing it lackluster. Even the wind sucks because no, who wants to celebrate alone in a bedroom? Nobody. Yeah. And then even if I, if I, if I don't have perspectives that are outside of my own, I can get stuck and never move past. You've got to have people in process. So people are like, there's ways to get people. We have coaching programs that provide people, right? And with our team or community, other part of it is the process. And the process to doing this is the really important piece. We call it the shift method, these three stages. If we're going to go into the zone, we're going to look at these three stages. The first one's called the C stage and it's seeing your zone lags. What are your zone lags? The things that are keeping you out of that zone. Maybe you're a poor communicator, maybe you have a, a short temper, maybe you don't have creative vision, maybe you don't like to, to let other people lead, who knows? It could be a multitude of things, but if you don't see your, your specific zone lags, what happens is you'll start doing work or continue to do work and never get the return you desire. And so a lot of people jump and just go right to what's called the shift phase, the work, but they never really spend time unpacking what is my work to do. Right. What are my zone lengths? Then you go to what's called a personalized shift plan. That's a shift stage. So C shift is the next stage. And in this stage, there's two things. One, I gotta, 
I got to chart out like the place I'm going to go, right? Because we talk about that, that visioneering, the vision's a big piece of it. In the first stage, you will see the destination. You'll chart the vision of what you want your life to look like. The second one is I now need to visioneer, envision the identity of the person that has that. If I don't do that, I, 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 again, the identity won't match the dream. I can tell you all day long, hey, hey, John, man, I want to have a, a, a whale. I want to have a beluga whale as a pet, right? Okay, what kind of, what kind of person has that? It's the question I got to ask. Because just me wanting to do whatever it is to have a beluga whale as a pet, like that doesn't help me. You got to find out who has a beluga whale as a pet. What do they do? How do they think, right? And it's a serious, sounds super odd, but that's what you got to do. So now I go, okay, great. I, I have shift. I'm, I'm going to to create this plan, a shift plan of what I got to do to become that person. It's going to take the action just yet. I just, I've, char- I've charted the person out. Here's that identity looks like, and we do it in process. We have some frameworks, but then we go, okay, great. What will lead me to being that person? I can't wake up and go, I'm a beluga whale guy, right? You got to <laughs> you gotta do some things to get that ownership inside because if you don't, you won't actually create enough of an internal belief to actually stay the course. I got to believe I'm that person. Great. Well, how do I believe in that person? Investment bias. The more you do, the more it returns of I'm that person. That's who I am, right? I got to do that work. And that's what gets the return. But I got to know what that work is. Now that you have that in place, the next thing is to go, okay, great. Well, now that I take action, what do I do to make the shift? And it has to be sustained. It's an overtime thing. So this is what we call a discipline system. How can I create a discipline system around my life that keeps me dialed? Because that's what gets success is discipline. And success could be financial. It could be identity. It could be whatever. It's a duality, but it's got to be a discipline system so you can sustain. And it, it needs to be it because here's the goal. The goal is for you to kind of have a moment like a coffee shop moment where like at a coffee shop, I go there. I got my phone. I'm scrolling. I know I'm supposed to be doing work, but I'm not doing it yet. I'm scrolling. And then I go, oh, yeah, you got to work. So I put the phone down. And then I go to my computer. And like for the first five, 10 minutes, I'm like focusing on trying to focus. It's, it's stressful, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, three hours disappears. I pop up like, oh, wow. I, I'm, I got my work done. I got, I got a date later on with my wife and my husband. I got I, I feel good. Like everything's great. Like what? A, I just got some stuff done and I, I barely even noticed it because once I was in, I was in. So the same thing applies when you have this discipline system you put around your life with boundaries and structure and very definitive what you're doing to where the first day, it feels like putting the phone down, you know, first week feels like that first five to 10 minutes. But then after a while, it, you drown out and you pop up 60 days later, 90 days later, and your life is unrecognizable. You've lost the weight, you fixed the marriage, business is going smooth. And people will go, well, how do I, even if I have that, how do I know I made the shift or a shift? And I go, well, when you try and put yourself back in the headspace of your old self and it feels awkward. Mm. Like when you try to think how you thought three months ago and you go, God, I don't even, can't even think about that. I, I can't think of how, why I would have been so mean to my wife then. Well, I don't know why I was worried about working out. Like when you can get to that point, you'll know you've made a shift. And that allows you to completely change your life. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny you talk about that. I mean, you can apply that principle, that shift to any specific area of your life. I'm thinking in terms specifically of working out. Mm -hmm. Not my favorite thing in the world to do. I have no problem saying that. I mean, I wasn't an athlete like you in high school and college, but I was an athlete in high school and college. Yeah. So I I didn't get to the penultimate level as you did, but I got to a level. Mm Mm-hmm. I had a tryout with a professional team when I was in college. Uh, not that everybody knows that they don't. It's just, I don't brag about it. It's just something I did. Mm-hmm. But 
I had never been really been consistent ever since I was in grad school, just never really consistent with it. And for some reason this year, I started consciously doing it. I hated what I did. I loved what happened after. I loved how I felt after. And here's, here's how I know the shift has happened, Anthony. Yeah. Last week was the first time I'd ever seven days in a row straight working out. Yeah. Seven days in a row. Never, ever done that in my life, ever. And I didn't. I missed one day earlier this week. It was circumstances beyond my control. And my body was telling me I missed it. Not yeah. physically, but in my brain. My brain was telling me, you missed the euphoric high you got when you were done. The excitement you had from completing the task of making yourself better. Yeah. And I, I get it. Wow. That was, it was revolutionary for me. Yeah. And it shows up in other places too. Cause it's not, I mean, that's a big piece of it, but it also comes in a fact of like you, you'll struggle. I guess the way I look at it is you'll struggle to be you in the moments you need to be you. Cause if you don't get that workout done, it's hard to show up to sales conversations and be like, I'm the guy you should, you should buy from or. It's hard to be in a relationship like, yes, it's the person you should be with as, you know, as your, your spouse. Like it just, it does, it shows up. And, and if you haven't done that, like for me, before a speech, I got to work out every time. And people go, why you got to work out for a speech? Don't you get tired? Like, you know, the reason is because if I'm going to go in front of you and be me, I got to be all of me. Yeah. Like, and that, and that tells me that like, I got to show up. I got to know that I can get up here. And damn near scold you and coach you and tell you, but no, I I'm doing it because I'm doing it myself. Mm -hmm. So like I usually do hard workouts before I get on a stage. I mean, I'm, I got energy. It's not gonna be a problem, but I'm gonna do that hard workout. I'm gonna beat my body up. Cause I know when I get out there, if I did something hard, bro, I'm gonna give it to you. Like, I'm going to get all of this. I'm gonna, let's go to work. So it needs to kind of that space. Oh yeah. Well, you mentioned a word earlier, success, and I would love to get Anthony Trucks's definition of success because everybody's is different. Everybody's different. Mine's simple control. Okay. Said, said a lot you gotta flesh that out for me, man. Well, yeah. Well, here's what I found. Everybody goes, I want to have freedom. I go, great. Well, what does that, what does that exactly do for you? Well, I can be free to do whatever. Okay. So you're probably what free to choose a job, right? Yeah. Do you like your job? Well, no. Okay. Well, why don't you like your job? Well, because I, I gotta, gotta ask for two weeks off. I don't get paid when I want to get paid. I feel like my boss doesn't respect me. Some people may like their job. Okay, cool. Uh, what else could freedom get you? I don't know. I could, you know, choose the person I want to be with. Are you with the person you want to be with? Some days. So is, is your relationship super happy? No. All right, cool. Um, freedom. We have also have freedom. I have freedom to just go and, you know, and I want freedom to go explore my life and do okay. All these things of freedom, I find we are usually in that exercising of freedom, not feeling free. Mm. We feel, we feel like we have a lack of control because we're confined to this job or this relationship or this body. Cause I can't control my mouth or I can't control my spouse or I can't control where I get my money from. And so what happens is like, yeah, you're, you're free to choose, but you don't have any choices and you're out of control and you've chosen crappy stuff in your freedom. So I thought I was like, I like control because what control tells me is like, I have the ability to control my life. So if I don't want to do anything the rest of the day, I can literally be like, you know what guys, I'm canceling my meetings the rest of the day and I'm out and I can cancel my meetings. I have control. And, and if and at the end of the day, if I lose money, it's on me, you know, like it's, it's fine. Um, I can have control to take trips. If I want to go on a trip with the family. I can control that. Right. If I, if I want to like start a new business, I have control over that. I also have control over myself. So if I'm like, oh, I don't want to eat trash. I want to lose some weight. I can control that. I generally can. I want to work out. I can get that done. So it's like my, my version of success is control. Cause the problem is, is there are a lot of people who 
are confined by their income. Mm. You think you make money, you're free. Like, but no, you're making money in, in order to keep the money or because you're so extended, you got to keep on working. You're not free. You think it's just a false freedom. You, you're not in control of your life. The bank is right now because you're overextended mm -hmm. or the car is because you have to pay the car note, you know, or it's whatever. You're just out of control. So for me, definition for me is like control because that could mean six figures. It could mean $6 for some people in different kinds. It could mean 600 million. Who knows? Not a financial thing. It's where do you actually have control? Like that definition. I'm glad you explained that. That makes much more sense to me now. Okay. Me too, I hope. Yeah, I'm going to have to, for those of you who are listening and or watching this, um, this is the wheels turning in my mind right now and trying to think of different ways to be applying the things that Anthony's talking about. Because folks, I can tell you every time I talk to Anthony, every time I hear him be on someone else's podcast or an interview or he's giving a speech somewhere, I learn something new every single time. Uh, in fact, uh, for those of you who can see this, I come prepared. I have notes. I write okay. stuff down. So yeah. uh, it's uh, that's what works for me. I I do much better with the actual handwritten notes. It sticks in my brain much better. Good. You, I, I, I'm the same way when I take notes. I write things. I got little post-it notes that sit around the desk when I need them to write things down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, yeah, man. I like I like to talk. Talking is good for me to take notes. It sounds weird. But like, I'll talk through stuff and things get locked in. And then the best way for me to lock it in is to go talk about it again. Mm -hmm. So I have, a, I have a daily podcast where I go and I, I just tell you eight minute thought. And in doing that all the time, it gives me this really good ability to just like have a, a download place. Something happened in life. I talk about it for, you know, six to eight minutes. It's locked in now. So now I can like remember when I need to. I do take obviously copious notes on other stuff I need to. But the talking it out is the big thing for me. Well, what made you decide that, to start that particular podcast? Everybody wanted to hear me talk. I did, I did the interview podcast, which I like doing. I thoroughly enjoy interviewing people. But then people are like, hey, I want to like know your your thoughts because you just interview people and get their thoughts. I don't know much of yours. And I'm like, it's actually kind of true. I, I don't share many of my own personal thoughts because it's their time. So I started doing a podcast that was solely me just, you know, doing the thingamajig. So now I go in and uh, it's eight, it's seriously, it's, I made it to where it's short. Uh, if you're going to get it every day, it should probably be short is my opinion. Mm. And so what I do is I go in and I just drop a thought for a couple of minutes and you can move on with your day. So it's a morning, give you a thought, have a quick hangout, push it out and, and then roll in the rest of the day. Okay. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? I think we are at 230 episodes now. We just, I just posted 230 days. And then it's only a weekday. So you're still going to count in weekends. So if you were to separate 230 by five. What is that? Is it a year now? It's probably, it might be a 40 something. You're close to a year. Not quite. You're at yeah, 47 weeks. 230. No. Five, five. So 4, 20, 30, 30, 20. 46 weeks. Okay. Four, I was close. 46. Yeah. So we're like six, yeah, four or five, six weeks away from, from being a year. Wow. Does it feel like that? Feel like it's been that long? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's weird. It does. <laughs> but it also does at the same time. It's super odd. And to be honest, I took a hiatus week at one point, so it should be 255. So it's kind of like 47 weeks since I started it. But one week I was like, too much going on. I'm like, everybody, I'm not doing it this week. <laughs> I didn't do it. I have control. I have control. Right, like, right. exactly. You know, and, and I tell me if, if this is true, because going back to that idea of control, you know, when you took that week off, when you do that, do you feel an, op did you feel an obligation to let people know you were taking a week off? Or you just say, 
I'm taking a week off. People figure yeah. it out. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of episodes. I the odds of someone going through all the episodes slim. So those, <laughs> there's more you can go listen to, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I I live in a way that I teach. So if I teach you and talk to you about like, hey, it's okay to take a breather, take a break sometimes and recoup and regenerate and go back. Like, I better do that and I exercise it. I I think the one thing that's I maybe not it's not unique to me, but it's one thing that I do that I I think might unfortunately be unique is I I'm just a I don't craft a guy to share with the world. I don't craft this human to to share him. I just share him as he fully is. This is me and all my lackluster aspects and splendor. This is Anthony. So if I feel a certain way or I think a certain thing, like I'm sharing it and it's not for anything more, but this is just who I am, man. So yeah, part of it is like, if I'm going to tell you, I do tell people like, you got to go hard, real hard. But every once in a while, like things got to come off the plate. I tell people, you got to take some things off because they don't belong in that time frame. And for the podcast, it needed to come off the plate for that week. And then it got off the plate. Then I got things done. It got put back on and now we're off and rolling, right? So it's not the end of the world. And I think people can see that when they see me do it. Sure. Now your other podcast, your all shift, the one, the interview one you do, yeah. um, how do you choose your guests for that? God choose them, man. He just puts them in my inbox at this point. Uh, yo, here's the thing. Actually, the podcast has been fun. We are, I think we're at 300 episodes now of the interview That's podcast. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, we're rolling. Uh, we only have, I think, two, oh, oh, 207, 208 has been posted. I want to say, so we still got a good like 90 in a can wow. and we're dropping, yeah, we're dropping that 90. Think about there are 90 episodes unposted. Heck of a weekly podcast. My gosh. Oh no, it's, it's three times a week. We do well, it three times a week now. Okay. Separate one. So the, the three times a week is the Oship podcast. Yeah, it should be. So that's the thing. It's like, we just got a bunch of episodes. So we started sitting back going, what do we do to really beef this up? And I think the plan is. We drop one per week and make it a, a way nicer, way more produced, well-organized podcast and, uh, and folks and growing it for a very specific demographic of person. Mm. So that'll end up being the next stage, uh, of what we do with it. But yeah, for right now it's, it's, it's cool, man. We get to go out and hang out and how I choose people is they just come to the inbox and if they seem intriguing and have a cool off shift moment, we put them on. Very cool. Okay. I was just curious because everybody does it different, how they pick people. Yeah. So. A lot of ways. There's no, I don't know if it's a right or a wrong way. Just it's what works for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So, all right. You know, this particular podcast is called Relationships and Revenue. And mm -hmm. so we spend quite a bit of time talking about relationships here because yeah. I don't, I don't keep quiet about this. It is my very much firmly held belief that how well we do at relationships we consider to be significant is how we will do in business. I can see that. And we can't expect our business selves to be better than our personal selves. It doesn't work that way because that we carry it with us. Yeah. So with that thought in mind, what sort of impact do you feel like you're having on your most significant relationships? And in addition to that, what are you doing right now to build those up? Time man, quality time. So I, I do good. I think I do a good job in my relationships. I coach my sons, my youngest son's football team. Mm -hmm. My daughter and I could probably spend a little more time together. But we do sit and watch movies and shows together. We make tea together, like get some stuff. My oldest son, he, he's a track guy, so I make his workouts. My wife works out with him, but we have a lot of discussions. He's like, he's, my, he's a good buddy for sure. And then my wife, man, she's a quality time person. We go to Ruth Chris tonight for dinner. Like we, we do things away from, away from work. She has her thing she does that fills her up, makes her happy. I have my thing that fills me up, makes me happy. And we both go back to the world doing our thing, you know? And so 
it allows us to be in a space where it's it's enjoyable. But that I think is the same thing we do in my business. Like I am present with my people. I take care of them. It's quality time when they're in conversation or in session or in a, a chat with me, like they're there, I'm present and I'm there. And so it, and it's kind of something that does definitely trickle over just in how I interact with humans that are part of my bubble. Gotcha. Now those, those relationships you talked about specifically, well, I'm going to focus on uh, the familial ones you were mentioning. How do those impact your business? The, the personal or professional relationships? The, the, your personal relationships, what impact do you see those having on your business? Oh, I mean, immense. If I am not stable at home, then I don't have the ability to function well in the world. It's just personal, personal experience, man. If I'm fighting with my wife, man, I am no good on a stage or in a coaching call. I mean, I'll do them, yeah. but they're not good. I mean, they're, I had one recently, had a good little chunky fight and it's in the middle of me doing, she almost came into the screen and we're like, was going to get in the middle of it because she was mad about something off the, off the wall. Mm. And it was like, what is going on? Unsettled the hell out of me, right? Oh, yeah. But also you you start to learn, I mean, all, in any business, there's people involved. So how business works, little people, right? So if, if you understand how to navigate relationships, emotions, conversations that you learn in relationships that are primary and intimate, it's an easy carryover. It's, it's understanding about people, man. It's really what it boils down to. Do I understand people? If you understand people, and what happens to you go into business with the right motives, the right mission, the right drive, the right choices, because you're, you're gauging on people. Same I do in my relationship. There's things I do and don't do based on the relationship. Sure. Okay. There's, uh, I th think I remember this from the book. You, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is in the book. Fall in love with the day, not the destination. Yeah. It might be in the book. I know I talk about it a lot. I know you do. So yeah, I love that particular sentence, but I would love to know more about it. Can you dig into yeah. that for us? Yeah. So the, I think we all have these desires that are big and big and bold. It's why people listen to things like this and they're, they're paying attention and we have a love. We do end up like having this palpable love for what this thing's going to be. And that's all we care about is getting there. And then what happens is we spend every day in constant recognition of the fact that we're not there yet. Mm. So I go to bed every night feeling less than because I haven't accomplished this end destination and result. And because of that, I then emotionally am driven to take bad actions because I don't have the drive to take bold, joyous, happy actions. The crazy part is those are the actions that get you to that destination, right? <laughs> so I was like, well, well, how do you find a way to, to, to really get there quicker? What it is, is you make sure that the day, every day, the steps to getting there get full energy, great joy, great power. Because if you give that in those days, those days lead the destination. They just will naturally get you there. And so I was like, well, what if I found a way to love the day? Like all the things that have to be done still got to get done. I mean, I like doing them, but if I can love something involved with them within that day, I could find joy in it. Like I may not want to go for a long drive somewhere, but I get to listen to this album I've been looking forward to listening to for a while, or I get to hang on my wife or my kid in the car for the next hour. We haven't had a chance to chat for a long time. So you find joy in the day on purpose. When I found that, that day's joy well, now what takes place is I can get to the destination faster because I'm doing that work with less drain, less, less, you know, negative energy. And so when I say follow the day and the destination, it's like, know what the day needs to be comprised of to reach your destination, but fall in love with that. Cause if you fall in love with that, that gets done. You reach the destination as opposed to, I only love the destination. If I'm not there today, the day sucked. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Um, Anthony, we're getting close to wrap up time here, but before we do, a um, couple of things. First, how can folks find you? Yeah. Anthony Trucks on Instagram. It's pretty straightforward. If you go to uh, identityshiftbook.com, you can actually get the book and, and it'll talk you through how to, it's a couple steps. You get the book, come back, you get a free audio book, free workbook and free, um, free digital book after you've purchased the book oh, nice. from Amazon. And uh, just use the code live to do that. And then you get into the ecosystem and you'll find out more about me and what we do and how we do it. Very cool. Okay. So what's next for Anthony? Next on the, cal- on the calendar is, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking, I got a tech check for a speech I have next week for a blind organization. Uh, yeah. And the next up is man, just living life, dude. I'm in season of dad. It's okay. coach kids, spend time, hang out. They'll root the house. So my goal is that they want to, they want to come back for the holidays. Yeah. I want them to want to come home the holiday time. If they don't want to, I drop the ball. Mm, that's excellent. I love that. All right. Well, we're going to get into our final four. They're just four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. All right. Tacos. All right. Here we go. First one. What keeps you up at night? Tacos. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pink socks. That's the second one's pink socks. Tacos could actually be an answer there. No, what keeps me up at night is uh, is the safety of my family, man, and making sure everybody's secure in the household. That would keep me up at night. Okay. Question two. What brings you joy? Pink socks. See, I told you it could fit. You're right. You're doing great, man. You're doing um, great. It's uh, expression that brings me joy. We all have things inside of us. We need to express them, emote them. I think there's a lot of joy in that. Excellent. Who's investing in you right now? Me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. I'm investing. You are investing in you. Yeah, all day, baby. Okay. Yeah. And then clients invest in me to help them get somewhere. But yeah, I'm always investing in me. All right. Now this one, it's, it's going to take a little bit longer to get to the question part of this, but you'll understand why in just a minute. Okay. If you were headed into witness protection and you could only take one person with you, not your spouse or kids, who would you take and why? Jason, he's my best friend, 30 years. Okay. Yeah. So I'd take. Wow. That, you gave like almost no thought to that. So you knew immediately who it would be. Well, if it's not a wife and kids, it's going to be the next test. No, no, I get that. I, I get that. But I've asked that question a few times to some other folks and some had to really think about it for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got, I got a, I got a tight circle. That's good. That's good. That's, that's one of the things that unfortunately for a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'm going to pick, <clears throat> I'm going to pick on us guys because we're usually pretty bad at it when it comes to those relationships, especially after we get married and after we've just done life for a while, we tend to not have that tight circle. This sucks. And so, I mean, yeah. glad I you it. do. Yeah, it's, it's a work. It's enjoyable. I guess I got a good group of friends, man. I got a really solid core group, but I can see that. I've had clients that have actually expressed the same thing. I got, I got one minute. Okay. All right. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. I certainly appreciate it. Appreciate you being here with us, sharing with us, telling us all about the new book. And so, folks, don't forget to go out there and get Anthony's new book, Identity Shift. You can find it any place you buy books. But if you go directly to his website that he told you about just a moment ago, you can get some extra bonuses. So highly suggest you do that. So, again, Anthony, thank you for your time. Welcome, welcome. And thanks for having me, brother. You bet. Thank you all for being here. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review, and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, 
purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.